You don't want to miss today's podcast episode. Today, I am interviewing Lisa Woodruff. She is the author of The Paper Solution and creator of The Sunday Basket, and she is the creator of Organize 365. She gives so many tips on how to organize your home, your space, and even tips to get your kids organized. Now, organization is an area that I need some polishing up in, so I found this conversation and this episode so helpful, and I hope you do too. So let's tune in. Welcome to the home for Creative Sofa Living, the Creative Sofa Living podcast. I'm Alyssa Foy, creator of the blog breezygreenhome.com. I'm a wife, mom, creative soul wellness, homesteading, and holistic living. Listen in as I share my knowledge and tips from simple natural living to home decor, balancing life, and conversations with some pretty amazing people. I love to embrace the perfectly imperfect and a good cup of coffee. So let's dig into today's episode. as we know. (laughs) So Lisa Woodruff, author, podcaster, and most importantly, organizer. Hello. Welcome so much to the Creative Soulful Living podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I was so excited. (laughs) So tell me how you got started with organization. Well, it started when I was two. (laughs) <laughs> and it really wow. did start when I was doing. My mom liked to go shopping and I was a very much a busybody and she would bring a box of buttons with her. And I would sit on the floor at the department stores and I would sort buttons by size and color and shape. I just loved sorting buttons. Eventually I loved doing jigsaw puzzles. I was an asthmatic child. So I was um, bedridden a lot as a child and I did jigsaw puzzles. I loved to rearrange my room. That was my mother's form of punishment was I got sent to my room. And then I would not come out when the punishment was over because I'd start rearranging the entire thing. So I was definitely an organized, like I'm just naturally organized. And growing up, I thought you either were or you weren't. And I often got great babysitting jobs because I not only would play with kids because I loved playing with kids, but if they napped or went to bed, I would clean out the kitchen. I would clean the toy rooms. I would clean the, and organize the kids' bedrooms and the parents loved it. And I just thought, well, you either have it or you don't. And then when I turned 40, I didn't have it anymore. (laughs) Oh, a little twist. Oh, my house was a mess. Every drawer was a junk drawer. I didn't even know what was in the closets anymore. I had been in a seven years slide down into the biggest hole I'd ever been in my life. And I thought, how, how possibly did I lose the skill of organizing? And I realized it changes as you age, like every 20 years, the organization that you need changes and you have to continually relearn it. And it is in teaching other people uh, by professionally organizing their houses. I realized that they were learning. Like as a teacher, I was teaching them the skill of organizing. I thought, oh, that game on. If this is something that you can teach, I will teach it and I will figure out why people either haven't learned it or what is holding them back from learning it so that everyone can have the skill of organization. Now that's so interesting that at certain ages in your life, I've never thought about about that before, that you can lose that organization and you have to, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Adjust Mm -hmm. to the new organizational needs that are in your family. 
That is so yeah. interesting. And it makes perfect sense, but and, it's ignored. <laughs> yeah. Often what we do is we move. So like you move out of your childhood bedroom into an apartment and you're like, you need different organizational skills when you're in your apartment. But I've lived in the same house for 25 years before we had kids, babies, grade school, middle school, high school, college, and moving out. So I was like, oh, this same house needs to function differently through all those different phases of life. And I think part of what's holding people back during the pandemic is really embracing to just go ahead and make your house work for you right now, because we're using it for literally all of the things and we're holding back on, but that's a living room. That's a dining room. That's supposed to be used this way. No, <laughs> now it's a study hall. Now it's a indoor gymnasium, whatever it needs to be, make it that. I love that you just said that because I always say you want to make your house work hard for you and you not work hard for it. Yes. And I find myself on weekends, um, I'm a teacher full-time, but now going back into that routine, I would find myself on weekends cleaning my house Yes, and trying to get everything organized and stressing myself out for the next week. Mm -hmm. Have you heard, I'm sure you've heard that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. I was a teacher too. (laughs) So I would do the same thing before we had kids. And then when the kids were little, I stayed home. But then when they were in grade school, I went back and- Literally, if I was awake, I was doing something for school or something for my kids. Like it was, God love you all. (laughs) It's never ending. (laughs) There is not enough hours for a teacher. That's all I have to say about that. And the reason why is not that there are not enough hours to be a teacher. It's that our expectations for what we can do for our students is unrealistic and we will not let it go. Right, right. Now, can you explain the term functional organizer? What is a functional organizer? Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question because I think when people think I'm going to get organized, they think about a magazine. They think about Pinterest. They think about going to Target and buying all the teal containers and opening up their um, pantry and everything's going to be in matched labeled bins. You will not find- You do not want to organize. Yes. (laughs) I don't have any of that. That's decorating people. That is not organizing. That's decorating. Organizing is when I say, where is blah, 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 you go and you grab it and you don't even have to think about it. It doesn't take you any time to find it. So functional organizing means that when you need something or when someone asks for something, you don't even have to think about it. You know where it is. It's not necessarily going to end up in some kind of a magazine. You're not going to make a blog post about how gloriously organized your bathroom pantry is or whatever, but you know what you have. And then also because you have it organized functionally, you know, when you're running low. So you know that, oh, when I use this last one, put it on the grocery list so that I get another one. So it's very functional. You never run out of anything and you always know where things are. And can you talk a little bit about the hours that you gain back? 55 minutes a day is the average that Americans spends looking for things. And if, you know what's so funny is you don't realize how much you spend looking for things until you stop. So it took me a while to get my house totally organized after I came back from teaching and it was such a mess. But then I had gotten cash out of the bank and I couldn't find the cash envelope. It was like $200 or something. And I was like, where is this? And my whole entire house was organized. And so I looked for it for days and days and days. And what had happened was it was in a laundry basket Uh and I nested another laundry basket on top of it. And so that envelope had gotten stuck in the middle and I looked for hours and it was then I realized, oh, I don't normally have to look for things anymore, but we do. We spend so much time looking for stuff. So much time. I am so guilty of that, you know, and then, you know, my husband or someone will ask for a specific paper and I'll be like, Oh, 
I've seen it. I know it's somewhere, <laughs> but where did I put it? And, and that causes me, oh, you know, that stress. So you talk about your new book, The Paper Solution. I yeah. mean, I am queen of the paper pile and the Sunday basket. Can you talk a little bit about the Sunday basket? I know it's a two, I'll probably a lot in one question, but your book, The Paper Solution, The Sunday Basket. Yep. So as Americans, so we are American women, we are a paper-based society. And I was told like in college, like 25 years ago, that we were going to be paperless. Like America was going paperless. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is America is not paperless. Go try to get your compliant driver's license. You have to find like the most ridiculous papers you've never even used ever in your entire life. We need paper in the United States. And while we scan things, um, not everything is scanned. So we have to have paper. So step one is just realizing that we have paper in America and it's not going anywhere. Now you can have much, much less. Mm -hmm. Like most filing cabinets, you will eliminate 85%, which is why I say get rid of them entirely. Like we don't wow. even need filing cabinets. You just need a couple of binders. I say you need four, one for your medical, one for your financial, one for your house if you own it or rent it and you're gonna sell it and you give that information to the next person and one for how you run your house, your pets, your kids, your cleaning schedule, your holidays, your cooking, all that can go in a binder as well. Because even when you think about cooking, how many, we don't cook the way we did 20 years ago. Like even if you have all these cookbooks and these recipes, like we're like, um, it's all carbs and fat and no protein. And like, we don't even eat that way anymore. Right. So we can have much less paper, but we want our paper to be in binders that are portable and then the Sunday basket. So the book, The Paper Solution, walks you from having piles everywhere, multiple filing cabinets, just all the paper and get it down to what you need, those four binders and the Sunday basket. The binders are your archival. So like they replace your filing cabinet. You would take them with you if you needed to go to a doctor or a lawyer, or you needed to evacuate for hurricanes or fires or anything like that. And the Sunday basket is your actionable to-do list, your mail, the projects that are ongoing, all the things that you leave in piles because they can't be put away because they're in process. But especially if you're a woman, we yeah. don't have like one thing in process. We yeah. have like 20 things in process. And so we need a place for that clipping or that email that we printed out or that note we wrote each other or that color of paint that we want to paint the living room or whatever it is. All that goes in the Sunday basket. And then every Sunday you process through that, like your home inbox, you do as much as you can, you plan out your week and it ends up saving you five hours during the week, having done that activity on Sunday. Oh my gosh, that time. Yes. That time is such a gift mm -hmm. <laughs> to have back. Now, I love your idea about the binders and you just brought something to my attention. I never thought of, okay, what if there's a fire, hurricane, an emergency, you need to take those binders with you. Mm -hmm. If you were to ask me, you know, where, where's your stuff? I'd be like, um, some's up in, some of it is up in the attic. Some of it's in my bedroom. So I don't have a central location for that but your solution is perfect. Yeah, so this came, all solutions come from experience, right? right? So it was 2016 and I had friends who were in their attics in Houston with um, hatchets so that they could break out of the top and they wow. were moving their filing cabinets up there because they didn't want to lose any of their paperwork because they had medically fragile children. I also had people emailing Organize 365 from California saying we have to evacuate, 
you know, what do we take with us? Or they were also evacuated. You remember how many hurricanes yes. and fires we yes. had in 2016? It was like email after email after email. And I just kept saying, just, you can't just get out. And I thought, how horrible is that? They, uh, they've organized with me and now they're having an emergency and they can't take it with them. And the more I thought about it, I thought I have almost never needed my paperwork in my house, but when my dad died, I had to take all of the financial paperwork to the estate lawyer. When my kids need to be hospitalized, I have to take all the medical paperwork to the hospital. When I advocate for my kids for IEPs, I have to take the school information to the school meeting. Like It's very rare you need your paperwork in an emergency situation in your house. Right. If you're selling your house, you take the paperwork and you give it to the new homeowner. And I thought, you know what? I have been trying for years to tell people how to organize their filing cabinets. I thought, no one is, I mean, people are, you can get your filing cabinet so organized, but it doesn't solve the problem. The problem is we need it to be portable and we need it in case of an emergency. So ditch the filing cabinet, forget about it. Don't, don't even get all of that, just use binders. And it's very easy to put, I mean, even if you had 12 binders, you could get them in your car in a matter of minutes. Absolutely. And it must bring people peace of mind. That's, that's the biggest gift. Never mind the time. It's that peace of mind. Yeah, 2018, email after email after email. We're evacuating and we have our Sunday basket and our binders and we're out the door and our pets and our kids. And I was like, oh my gosh. And, and some of those people lost their homes, but oh. then they were able to start the insurance claims right away. They had all their kids, medically fragile medical information to go to a new doctor. Like they had everything they needed away from home. And that it's horrible that they lost their home, but at least they had all the information they needed to start rebuilding right away. Right. What is the biggest need, do you think, when someone comes to you, they need help with organization and organizing everything in their home? Where do they begin? Where do you, what, how do you guide them to start so the, the adventure? <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing is when you are where I was in 2012, mm -hmm. you have slipped into living a reactive life. And to move from that reactive, just dealing with everything that's coming at you to stop and put all the effort and momentum to literally turn your life 180 degrees to where you're setting the plan, you are being proactive, you are setting your own goals. It, it's huge. It's huge in your mind first. And then it's huge just in your time. Nobody has extra time. No one has extra time, which is why I have people start with the Sunday basket because you do, you automatically get five. Once you've been doing it six weeks, you have five extra hours every single week, not just one time every single week and your mind gets uncluttered because you have a place to put all of your ideas in this physical box and you could start thinking again. And when you could start thinking again, then you say, okay, she said 15 minutes a day to, the, to do the 100 day program. I'll give her 15 minutes a day. She said, we're going to do this three times in a year. And it just starts to snowball that, that getting your time back from being organized continues to compound. So you get more and more time and then you get more and more proactive. And so you eliminate the things that aren't as important. But when you start, you have no idea what's important because you're so overwhelmed. You don't know how to get yeah. started. Exactly. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Being a teacher, I know I've looked inside students' desks and I'm like, yes. here we go. <laughs> We're going to take it all out and put it on top. They're like, ah. Right. <laughs> like, I know. In my mind, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're going to start with markers. We're going to start with crayons. Yep. You know, and we just break it down that way. But when I look around, you know, my home, I'm like, oh, okay, I have a bunch of art supplies. I have, you know, it's, it's different and it's, yeah. it's difficult to do. So, I look at personality types, and 
people always say, oh, if you have attention issues, you can't organize. If you're like this, you are, you're not an organizer. You have to be this type versus, what are your thoughts on that? You know, being a disorganized person. Yes, I love personality tests. Like my team has to take like 10 personality tests when they started Organize 365 because I was a Montessori teacher. And so as a Montessori teacher, I taught middle school math, but I taught 21 different math lessons. Like I literally taught you on your pace and the way you wanted to learn. So the organized 365 systems work because they're kinesthetic and they're auditory and they're visual and they're community and they like build on every single thing that you want. Mm -hmm. So my children both have been diagnosed with ADHD and they went to a special learning disability school where I learned a lot about ADHD and how um, that impacts the brain. And nobody has perfect executive functioning. Right. But yes, organization is something that is more challenging for people who have been diagnosed with ADHD or self-diagnosed with ADHD. More challenging does not mean can't do it. I love that. More challenging means you need more resources. You need more tools. You need more one-on-one -on -one guidance. You need us, you need a structure. Like that's why the 100 day program works. You don't have to figure out how to organize your house. Right. You just have to find 15 minutes a day. And in your 15 minutes, I, the teacher will tell you exactly what to do. I'll be like, here's your video. Go do this. Come back tomorrow. Here's your video. Go do this. And you'll turn around and be like, oh my gosh, my house is organized because you followed yeah. what the teacher said. You may not be able to create the organization yourself, but you can follow a plan that's been created by someone who will give it to you in that piecemeal format. Mm. So attention issues, um, mm -hmm. have you ever thought of developing a program for kids or have you used it with your own kids and has it been successful for them? Your paper solutions, you know, having a basket set aside for kids or something like that? Yes and yes. Okay. So first of all, I did do it with my own kids. And actually my daughter has been undiagnosed with ADHD mm -hmm. now, but it took her 18 months to learn how to organize her room. And so every single Saturday we did it. It's this whole long drawn out process that I did. But basically you need to teach yourself a routine to get yourself in the mindset of getting organized and build a habit. And so the habit is three steps. The first one is you walk into a space and you literally chant out loud, trash, trash, trash. Wow. And the reason why you have to chant it is because your mind is wandering as you're looking around the room, but you're audibly saying trash. And so then you're like, wait, what am I saying? And then you listen to yourself. You're like, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be picking up trash. So you oh, pick out all the trash. And when you, when you think there's no more trash, I want you to look around the room again because there always is. So you get rid of the trash, throw it away. You come back into the space and then you say, clothes and laundry, clothes and laundry, clothes and laundry, audibly. And you pick up Socks and shoes and jackets and you know that I don't know how, but laundry ends up in every single room of your house. Uh, yes. And then once you take that to the laundry room or hang it back up or put it where it goes, you come back in and you say, food and dishes, food and dishes, food and dishes. Take food, take dishes back to the kitchen. Now, in the beginning, when you're starting this, especially if you have been diagnosed ADHD and organization is a challenge, you're probably done. A plus, you get an A plus for that because if you just start doing that on a regular basis when you go into a room, you are creating a story for yourself. You are creating an organizational habit. And what happens after you do this about six weeks when you walk into a room, you're like, oh, I don't know where to start. And my kids even will call me from college. Mom, my apartment is so messed up. And I said, okay, great. 
pick up all the trash and call me back. And they call back and, the, and then they say, and I already did the clothes. What's the next one, mom? And I'm like, it. food and dishes, call me back. And they don't call me back because once they get done with food and dishes, then they know, okay, I've got to just handle what is next in there. So creating a script works, but you, it's, organization is a muscle. Like I can't go run a marathon tomorrow. I can barely even walk two miles, people. So if I want to run a marathon, I probably need to get better than the $30 one pair of tennis shoes I have that's five years old and learn to walk more than two miles. It's going to take me a long time to run a marathon. You may run every day and you could run a marathon six months from now. So if you're saying, can I get organized? 100%. Of course you can, but you need to train like you would for anything else and develop those muscles. So yes, you can learn. Yes, I taught my kids. And then yes, we have a super robust kids program. I'm a Montessori teacher. Love it. Yeah. Everything you need from birth to age 25 and it's divided in three different pods. So the first pod is zero to five. So it's really for a parent setting up your house for having a little human with you. Mm -hmm. The next pod is seven to 12. Now you obviously these ages don't overlap, but sometimes between seven to 12 is your sensitive period for learning to organize your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Some kids, my kids were, was 12, some kids it's as early as seven. So somewhere in there, I literally teach the lessons to the grade school and middle school kids age. And I teach them like they are normal people, not little kids. And I teach them how to organize their bedrooms. And they do. Parents download this. The kids watch the videos. They go in there like, how'd you do that? My kid's bedroom is organized. Yeah. And I'm like, how? Oh. I talk to them like they're people. Like we go through their clothes and we talk about clothes in one video and we talk about school supplies in one video and we talk about books in one video. And, we, and I teach them why they have what they have and how to make the decision of what to keep and what to let go. That's and then there's a little break. And then 16 to 25 is launch. And this is preparing for leaving your childhood bedroom and moving into a dorm apartment, a condo, or your first house. What are the things that change when you go there? You need a budget. You need a driver's log. You need um, your basic medical forms. You need to start making those binders. We make one binder instead of four that has a little bit of financial, a little bit of medical. How do you figure out how to do food shopping and meal planning? All that's in there. All Hashtag adulting. It's all the hashtag adulting. That is perfect. That mm-hmm. is like... I wish I had that resource back. Me too. (laughs) That is, you're not only teaching organizational skills, you're teaching life skills. I mean, Mm -hmm. huge life skills that Mm -hmm. kids really need or young adults. I don't even know what, how you, what, what do you call them now? (laughs) Well, I call, uh, I call them kids in the kids program, but we call their bedroom, their mini apartment. So I start when they're at the age of seven. Gosh, the mini apartment. Yeah, it's your own. It's your own apartment. Your parents are your landlord. You have to ask and requisition if you want oh, something oh done God. in your room. <laughs> I love this concept. Mm-hmm. I love this idea. That is awesome. Yeah, and the parents, you know, they've gotten organized through Organized Three Sixty Five. That's how they found me, and so now they know how to organize their house. But they maybe weren't organized as children, so then they either don't know how to teach their kids to get organized. And also more likely kids learn better from someone else as their teacher than they do from their parents. Like they walk around and go, Lisa says, you know, to their parents, their parents like, great, just, just go do it. And that's fine. If Lisa says, if Lisa says it, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What, how do you approach, if you could please give me this tip, laundry. I mean, (laughs) laundry, I'm allergic to laundry. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, to fold it and put it away and to just get ahead of it. I'm mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. in your organizational stuff, you have something awesome for laundry. Yeah, not really. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> no, I have, I have the answer, but it's not magical. Okay. Um, first of all, I like to do laundry weekly instead of daily. So just pick a laundry day. It's going to be a long day, but you've got to go in and change it every 45 minutes to an hour anyway. So just keep doing it all the way through the day. And the only way you can do that is if you buy more socks and underwear, because you have enough of everything else. You just need more socks and underwear and maybe one more pair of pajamas, depending on how many pajamas you have or what you wear for pajamas. But okay. once everybody in your family has enough socks, underwear, and pajamas, you can definitely go seven days in between and you just have a laundry day. So that for me helps hugely. If you get overwhelmed by having to do that much laundry, then you're better one load a day. But I find most people can end up going to once or at least twice a week laundry. That works really well. They get the bulk of it done on a Saturday morning and then they throw a load in on a Wednesday night, you know, whatever they can't live without until they get to the weekend or when sports opens up again, sports right. uniforms. Right. Oh yes. Hockey uniforms. Yes. I know the smell. <laughs> and then <laughs> and the work. <laughs> the second thing is, does it have to be folded? So my, I know your mouth is like, ah, so my kids, no, I'm going to be like, ah, you, no, I, it I, doesn't. <laughs> so I pick my battles. You guys, I do not give any parenting advice whatsoever. So when my two teenage kids, a boy and a girl were sharing a bathroom, I bought like 14 towels and I would hang them up in there and I use hooks in the bathroom. I don't use a, a towel bar because it's easier to hang up towels on hooks. And my kids would use a towel one time and drop it on the floor and I was totally fine with that and I would pick them up and I would just run them. And then when they came out of the dryer, I would just walk them up and hang them out on hooks. So I never folded any towels for my kids for the entire time they were in middle school, high school and college. Mm -hmm. Also, um, I do fold my underwear and my pajamas but if my kids don't want their socks matched and their underwear folded, why do I really care? Right. So right. I just give them all to them. You know, they do their own laundry now, but they didn't start until they were 19. So don't think that they started at seven. They started at 19. Okay. okay. Um, all their socks and underwear is in a bin. And let me just tell you, it doesn't even leave the bin and get in a dresser because we don't have dressers. So everything is hung up and socks and underwear are in a laundry basket and it works. Like it, wow. who's coming in and checking your bedroom anyway? Is anybody checking? No. So why does it matter? I know one time I was being so picky with something and my husband said, are we having house tours that I don't, <laughs> that I don't really know about? I'm like, actually, no, we're not. I don't know why I care really. Right. Um, right. Oh my gosh. That's, that's awesome. I mean, and so you don't have dressers. You just, everything gets hung up. My kids never had room in their bedrooms for dressers. They'd rather have toys. So we never really bought them. Um, so yes, all the, everything gets hung up. And then they had like a couple of those little plastic cheap drawers in the bottom of their closet that yep. they would put socks, underwear, pajamas, and shorts in. Okay. Now, what's your take on the minimalist movement? I just have to pick your brain because, you know, everyone is like, we only need two, two, outfits and one of this and what are your thoughts? I have never been a minimalist. I have always kind of watched them with awe because I'm like, how yeah. do you do that? I think yeah. I would want to do that. I was like, no, I like my stuff too much, but yeah. I'm not a maximalist either. Like in 2012, I had so much stuff. I was literally drowning. I got rid of 50% of my stuff and I still had way more stuff than like 18 minimalists combined. So mm -hmm. I'm not a minimalist in general. I think that everybody has a happy amount that they like to have, what makes them feel comfortable. And it can be different even inside of marriages. It's also different by generation. Uh, yeah. Baby boomers are always going to want more stuff than millennials are as a whole. Um, and Gen X is just kind of in the middle. Right. I noticed my kids that are the 
uh, Gen Z, they're very techy. So they don't have a lot of stuff because there's so much that is in their tech. It's very interesting to see that. Um, so it's generationally based. And then it's also cyclical. So money is cyclical, stuff is cyclical. The height of maximalism was um, 1980. The height of minimalism was 2020. And I kept saying, I know this is gonna turn around. I know people are gonna want more stuff in the future because nothing stays the same. But right. why in the world would anybody ever want not to be a minimalist? Like it's almost like a religion now. I know. And then the pandemic happened. I was like, I know. that's it, that's it. So now, welcome to it. We've had the height of minimalism. We will yeah. now move more towards maximalism. Yeah. People will not have two rolls of toilet paper in their household ever again. <laughs> I know. They will right. never be down to the last bar of soap. Oh you can gosh. forget it. No, nope. they will be buying yeast every time they go to the store oh, now, yes. from here oh, until yes. the end of time. But and flour and all that yep. stuff, we'll have everything. Yep. Yeah. We'll so set. you're going to start to want to have. You're not going to become a hoarder. Don't worry about it. But you're going to want to have a few more things. And and as we continue to go through the pandemic, we haven't been through the holidays yet. We haven't been through right. the winter. Right. Um, you're going to notice other things. You're like, mm, shoot, darn. I really wish I would have stocked up on baking supplies now instead of waiting until November because there's just not going to be enough because a lot more people are going right. to bake this year than ever before because what else are we going to do? What else are we going to do, right? So right. stuff like that. Right. Oh, you have just so much information. Now, how can people find you? I found you on your podcast because... I need help with organizing my life. And I said, oh, this is perfect. 365 days in a year, I'm going with her. <laughs> so that's how I found you. And I've been listening to you ever since. Um, and your podcast has been running for six years now, correct? Yes. At the time of this recording, this is my sixth birthday. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Thank you. Wow. And you'll be my 30th episode. I Yay. mean, hey, you know, it, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So we like round numbers, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So how can people find you? Yeah. If, I mean, obviously you're listening to a podcast, you like podcasts. If you've liked this interview, you might like the Organized 365 podcast. Usually people find me literally everywhere and then they figure out there's a podcast and then they deep dive into the podcast. I talk a lot about organizing. I talk a lot about productivity, but I really talk a lot about what it is to be a woman today and what it is to be a homeowner today and to run a house. And just as I am, um, I'll have some podcasts coming up about the pandemic and what's it like to have a pandemic house and, and how are we changing how we're using our house and what does it mean if you want to stock up on more things? Where are we going to put those now that we had gotten a very organized, minimalistic house going? Is it okay to start stocking up? So I talk about things like that in addition to like, how do you organize kids' Barbie dolls and things like that? Oh, I love that. I love watching in awe and listening and just getting so many tips, and then it's just putting it into action. Mm -hmm. That's the part. Do you help people with just putting it into action and starting off in those small steps? Is that what you suggest? Yeah, like I said before, it happens in your brain first. So when, I mean, you're a podcast listener, so you're naturally inquisitive. You want to learn, you want to develop and grow yourself. So first it starts by changing your thoughts. And then people will tell me, they turn on the podcast because they're like, oh, I just want to listen to Lisa. And they're sitting on the couch and they're like, the next thing they know, they're cleaning out a drawer. And I'm not even talking about cleaning out a drawer, but right. it's almost like that same conditioning of walking in a space and going trash, trash, trash. Right. They're so used to me saying, now do this, now do this, now do this especially if they're in one of the programs, they're like, oh, Lisa's talking. I should be doing, I should be cleaning right now. I should be organizing. It's almost like Pavlov's dog. You just yes, get up and I start going. It. And 
I'm really high energy and that's know, people funny. say it lifts their spirits and then they just get started. Oh yes, you definitely, you're so happy and I love it. <laughs> I love your energy. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. All right. And I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. If you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, I'd be so grateful because it allows my podcast to be seen and lets me keep doing what I love. You can also visit me on Instagram and Facebook at Breezy Green Home and on my blog, breezygreenhome.com. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and until next time, I hope you find some creative, soulful living in your world.